This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You need to know what's happening. It's, 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 it's time to get in the huddle with Carl Duke, Brian Baldinger, and Jason LaConfora. Back for another edition of In the Huddle, my man, Jason LaConfora. I'm Carl Dukes. Put him up. It is Super Bowl week. And yes, we're going to talk plenty about the game as we move through the week, guys. Brian Baldinger will join us. Our buddy Nick Costos will break down the gambling aspect of this game. Over $23 billion is going to be bet on the Super Bowl. So we will get into that later in the week. But there's a lot of other things going on. As we lead up to the Super Bowl last night, as we record, this was opening night, Jason, you know, this is where Roger Goodell, he addresses the media and apparently help me with this, Jason. It was select media like you had to apply to, to, to be into this meeting with Roger Goodell. Yeah, I don't I don't know. Uh, I don't know if that's one I'd want to be invited to. <laughs> I mean, are they telling you? If you get invited, they tell you like, "Hey, you're you're one of the ones we kind of think we got, you know, wrapped right around here." And you know, whoever you work for won't really want you asking anything that's going to make Rod sweat. It's interesting. Um, it, was. it was. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I just you know, uh, and by the way, we only mention that to say he does this every year. It's the you know league address. Nothing's changed, guys. He's the face of the owners, and at the end of the day. He's his job is to protect the interest of the owners and the NFL is making money. I thought the, the biggest announcement out of the whole damn thing was the fact that we're going to have Brazil. a game in Brazil. <laughs> yeah. On it's Friday night. Everywhere. Yeah. So like they'll play a game on the moon. Like they're not worried about that stuff. Um, yeah. They want to grow the game. They want to grow their pie. Uh, at some point you probably hit a bit of saturation in North America. So they're, they're looking, you know, they're, they're looking, at soccer, right, and its global footprint, um, I, 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 the one that'll be fascinating to me will be like the whole Middle East, and you know, and, and like Saudi Arabia, China, like, do they? When do they get there? How do they embrace that? How do they come up with the messaging to um, surround a venture like that? If or slash when they start doing more business there. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's all about their growth. It's all about their profit margins. It's all about, um, their revenue streams and, and it's all, all about their money. And, uh, it's just, that's, that's, that's what it is. I mean, that's, that's the league. It's an, it's an entertainment, it's a for-profit entertainment business. And, um, you know, there's 32 individuals or families or groups of individuals who profit the most from it. Yeah, I, uh, I'm with you. Listen, the league has grown certainly under Goodell's, you know, leadership. I think it's been 17 years now since he's been the commission. You know, there's no debating that. And this is just another example of it. Um, the other thing that came out, or at least last night, we're talking about opening night. Um, Patrick Mahomes was asked about his legacy. 
and, and you know, going into the Super Bowl, we'll talk plenty about Mahomes and Brock Purdy, as we said, as the week goes on here. But he was asked about, you know, seven Super Bowls, right, Brady. And if he wins, Jason, this will be his third. He missed yeah. out on one. He lost one. So he said that seems like such a far ways away from where he can see right now. Like, even if he was to win on Sunday – to think I could get seven. And he said, ask me in 15 years, you know, and, and where I might be. I, I just want to examine this for a second. Um, and as we said, we'll get into the game itself. But from a, just a legacy standpoint, like if he wins three Sunday, what where is Patrick Mahomes in, in the big pecking order of all these greats that we've talked about and all the guys? Like, well, <laughs> where, where is he? Oh. Well, I already think he's the greatest playoff quarterback who's ever existed. Like, he's not the winningest because he's played as many as a lot of other guys. But if you look at maximizing opportunity, I mean, if he wins this game, like, basically Tom Brady had – like, the the Patriots were two dynasties in one. It was dynasty one where Brady was developing and was along for the ride – but it was right. about defense and a run game and, hey, kid, just don't mess it up, right? And then there was a little bit of a lull. I mean, I say a lull. You know, they're going to championship games but not getting to quite as many Super Bowls. And then there was stage two in his 30s where they basically had another dynasty. Um, The first dynasty – Mahomes is doing things in the playoffs that was unimaginable to Brady. I mean, it was the game plans were about how many, you know, can we win this game with this kid growing less than 20 times? That that's not the Chiefs thing. I mean, Mahomes is the main thing from the giddy up. And for him to already be 14 and three in the playoffs, and for him to have, you know, a, a postseason passer rating around 107, which is out of this world for anybody in the modern era, throwing as much as we throw now. Compared to you know, uh, you know how much Bart Starr and Bobby Lane threw the ball, sure. right? Because that's what you're. That's you know, if you you start looking at the all-time postseason passer rating charts, there's not a whole lot of modern guys up above 100. You know, Tom Brady's around 90, right? As great as he was. Um, so this is like stage one completed. If he wins this game, I mean, he will have have been to more and one more at this age than even Brady did. And he's doing it while rewriting the record books where Brady got there, but he, he wasn't there at age 28. Um, yeah. I, I think he's clearly on a path to be the greatest quarterback in NFL history. It's crazy that it literally overlapped with Brady and, you know, they met in a championship game and they met in a Super Bowl. Like it, it's it's unreal for us as NFL fans and people who appreciate the game for these two things to have dovetailed like that. But that's just the facts. Like that's what it's going to be. Um, this was Mahomes' down season, and he's ending the down season with another epic postseason. Like, no, Brady can't do the things athletically. The plays he made on third and six and, and and you know, third and long in that Ravens game, Tom Tom Brady can't can't do could, just physically couldn't do those things. And he's every bit the football genius Tom Brady was. He takes care of the football the way Tom Brady did, and he makes even more 
um, amazing plays, especially off script plays and 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 plays that are strictly his genius. So, it, it, again, I, I don't know that they're going to win seven. I also don't know that they're not going to win seven. Um, but I, I do think Arrowhead is now every bit the fortress that Foxborough was. And if you reside in the AFC every single year, you've got to go to the first day of training camp thinking, have we built a team that could go to Arrowhead and beat mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes? The same yeah. way for 20 years, you're thinking, well, maybe not 20, but 15. Once they won a few, can we go to Foxborough and beat Tom Brady in, you know, late January? Right? And most people aren't going to do it. I mean, right now, there's two people who've done it to Mahomes, right? It's Tom Brady who got him twice, and it's Joe Burrow who got him once. Like, that's it in 17 playoff games. They're, those are the guys who um, were smiling after facing Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs. It's incredible to think uh, a few years ago when he got his deal and it was 50 a year, right? And we lost our minds. $500 million. He's worth every penny. Worth worth every penny. The the Chiefs did that perfectly to lock him up when they did. Um, And everybody, again, said, oh, it's too soon. No, it wasn't because you're back in the Super Bowl and you've got a chance to to win another one. Jason Lock on four, Carl Dix with you guys. It is in the huddle. Subscribe, like us in the huddle pod. That is us on YouTube. You can watch the show. And of course, like us, tell your friends so you don't miss an episode. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Why did Cliff Kingsbury change his mind? Jason, rumor on the street was that the Raiders didn't want to offer him another year. He wanted a third year, apparently. I don't know if that's necessarily true. I'm just telling you what I've heard. Uh, But Kingsbury ends up in D.C. with Dan Quinn. Let's talk about this hire a little bit, because now people are losing their minds as if this automatically means Caleb Williams is going to the commanders. They don't have the first overall pick. They still have to maneuver to get him. But what do you think of the Kingsbury deal to uh, to the commanders? Well, I mean, it's always a fair assumption that money is first and foremost in any of these things. So, I, I mean, look, I, I think absolutely um, money, guaranteed money, years on a contract equals guaranteed money for a head coach. Yes. Um, money certainly had a lot to do with it. Uh, I don't know that this is a big loss for the Raiders, personally. Um now, look, I'm not blown away by, you know, the higher they actually ended up making. I didn't. I don't but, like Jason. I, I don't yeah. like the Getsy hire. I just don't. And me neither. Me neither. Um, that doesn't do much for me at all, to be honest with you. Um, I, 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 I do wonder. Like, that's a team I thought would be in on Justin Fields. And I don't know if this move says something about it one way or the other, but that that I don't know that you know rolling with Aiden O'Connell is is the way to go. Um, so, you know, I'm looking at these teams that have made moves. Like I'm looking at 
Raiders, looking at the Steelers, and looking at the Falcons and saying, you know, if I'm reading tea leaves, anything they've done to this point that makes me think they're even more in for Justin Fields than than I already thought they were. Um, you know, Arthur Smith and Justin Fields, I think, could be pretty interesting. Like, he wants to run the ball. He wants to run the ball with multiplicity. You know, he ended up being the guy who fixed Tannehill, right? But the original chore in Tennessee was fix Mariota. Now, it turned out he was kind of unfixable and brittle, right, and hurt a lot. And I don't really know how into this whole thing he was. But I think if, you, if, if you're looking at Pittsburgh and you have an Arthur Smith, right, and you go get a Justin Fields, like with what they have with Warren and Harris and the way they get the, the – you know, you can get Pickens involved in the run game a little bit, right? They like some of the sprint plays and the outside stuff. Like, I don't know. I, I think I think pairing that uh, offensive coordinator with Justin Fields would make a lot of sense. Um, I think he makes a lot of sense in Atlanta, and I think he'd make a whole lot of sense for the Raiders as well. Those are three teams that I felt like when we get to the combine, they're going to be, um, you know, bending Fontenot's ear and – or, I'm sorry uh, – Though Fontenot and those guys will be bending the ear of um, the Bears brass about what it's going to take to get Justin Fields. Um, but no, the Getsy hire doesn't doesn't do a whole lot for him. But neither does the Kingsbury hire. Like, and now you're gonna like you're gonna give up assets to get a guy you think's gonna work best with him, where Shouldn't he be able I mean, you're, you're picking second overall. Like, any of these quarterbacks should be more than good enough for him. And, like, he couldn't do anything. He didn't have an offense with Kyler Murray. And Zero. that was all scripted and handpicked. And, you know, yeah. that was that was yeah. done before the pick was in. And that was all about a certain outcome. And they never got close to it. That offense was complete garbage. Really, it wasn't an offense. And I talked to a lot of defensive coordinators, a lot of people who even when they extended him, they're like, what are they, what are they doing? Like, this is, this is a joke backyard offense. Like it. it... So no, I don't like the hire. And I, like, I'll be honest, I don't like the Dan Quinn hire. Like, I, you know, like I get it. He's done the job. Like basically like it's like Dan Quinn, he's been a head coach before, you know, they put their tweet out about Cliff Kingsbury. Like he's called plays like literally like that's what he's done the job too. Like, not his first rodeo. Like, we're, are we going to talk about how the first rodeo ended? You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I really wonder. Whatever they do at quarterback, and I, I love all three of the kids at the top of this draft. Whatever they do at quarterback, as long as they don't mess that kid up, I, I just, I wonder if they're all just placeholders. I mean, yeah. th this search did not go how they wanted to go. They they can they can say whatever they want to say. This is not how Josh Harris thought his first major decision at the helm was going to go. Like losing a bidding war for Mike McDonald after Ben Johnson says, "I don't want anything to do with you" via text. Sorry, that's not that wasn't on your bingo card. So I don't think money's going to be an option, and and I don't know how inspiring either of these guys are really going to be. But if the quarterback looks like he's generational, 
then you should have no problem getting the right people to want your job next year. Um, so I, I don't know, man. It's crazy to say, I guess. But then again, it's not because look what the Houston Texans did year after year after year. Like, I, I almost feel like these guys are placeholders. Like, somebody had to do the job, and damn, it's getting late. It's February. You know, senior ball's over, and we don't have a coach yet. Or senior ball's wrapping up, and we don't have a coach yet. Like, okay, let's do this and, and reconvene in nine months, you know? Let's start talking ar around Thanksgiving about how these two really, you know, how this whole thing looks. Um, I... I I don't have real high hopes for it. I thought the Dan Quinn hire was a little desperate, uh, to your point about the timing. And uh, if you really wanted Dan Quinn, like if this was your guy, you could have hired him three weeks ago, easily. And I just didn't feel like that was the situation as he continued to interview around the league. It, you know, this was kind of like second, second fiddle, right? Ah, well, we'll see. Either way, this is their lot in life right now. And I think one of the bigger things coming out of this in D.C. is Quinn said yesterday at his press conference that Eric bien and me, and I like the way he phrased it, right? We won't be working together in this junction. Just say you fired the dude and you don't want him, right? It, it was complete bullshit. Like, we're not going to be working together in this junction. Anyways. Just didn't uh, work out. Yeah. Two yeah. ships passing in the night because I fired him. <laughs> Yeah, right. Just say it, right? So be yeah. enemy, but but here's the deal, Jason. Be enemy is on the outside looking in. Yeah. This was a guy that four years ago we said, oh, he's the next best thing. He's gonna be a head coach. He stayed in Kansas City, stayed, and then had to leave. And now this dude doesn't have a job. So, like, to me, that is to me, and I'm not just saying this because of the Ben Johnson situation. You brought this up and we're so eloquent about it last week, talking about how you treat these owners and how these guys talk and how you want to maneuver these situations. You can go from the hottest coordinator in the league to not having a job. Yeah. <laughs> and Eric Bieniemy is that guy right now. And I don't think anybody suspected this would be the situation. Uh, no. Um, it, it is unfortunate. I, I, I really wonder if, EB ends up in college, you know, like I, I wonder if, if that's where this ends up going. Um, probably not immediately, right? We're pretty late in the game for everybody for yeah. this to be going down. And that's, you know, one more of the dominoes that fall, you know, when Ben Johnson waits until late January to decide he doesn't want to be a head coach. Like there's a ripple effect to all that stuff. Um, but like Kingsbury over the enemy, like why? You know what I mean? Like, what What would the – like, show me what they were remotely good at other than Kyler Murray running around 50 yards behind the line of scrimmage to eventually throw it 30 yards in front of the line of scrimmage. Like, show me what they did. Like, show me who they were. Show me their identity. Show me his play-calling genius. Like, like, the guys who faced him thought he was a pretty lazy, feckless play-caller. Like, that's what they thought. Like, they thought he didn't fight very hard or work very hard to put his yep. players in the best position possible, you know? They, that's that's just that's just reality. Um, they thought they were getting an offensive head coach. Then they found out they weren't, right? And then they found out it was Dan Quinn. 
And it wasn't like Dan Quinn with Kafka or somebody like that as a package deal because Kafka's having trouble maneuvering the way he wants to. So it's like, well, who can we get? You know what I mean? And, yeah. and obviously, they preferred having to pay Eric Bieniemy probably for a year not to coach over keeping him as their offensive coordinator and hiring somebody else and paying more than the Raiders would have paid for him. And I would just say, well, based on his NFL body of work, why? You know, why? Um, I was really hoping for Commanders fans that, like, they had turned the corner and they'd start operating like a first-world NFL franchise. But that hasn't happened yet. Like, it just – it hasn't. Like, it, it, it has They're in a pissing match with Ben Johnson, who's never coached a day in the NFL. <laughs> like, he's never been a – he's never – I don't think he's coached high school ball, Right. And they've got they got a war of the world's words going on with a guy who I don't think really wants to be an NFL head coach, right? Who they're they're mad about having not hired him as a head coach. And yeah, it's it's just still not really professional grade. I, I think they'll get there eventually. I do have high hopes for this owner, but I, I this coupling does nothing for me. This yeah. is just like, can we sell it? You know, can we throw a tweet out there that, like, we've done it? Like, are there enough bobos in the media who will carry water for this? And and because they're, you know, because a lot of people think Cliff Kingsbury looks really cool and he lets me hang out in his house and take pictures with him. Like, will those people in the world trumpet it for us on TV and otherwise? Oh, they will? Okay. And, like, everybody loves DQ. You know that. Like, you know, he, he's a good dude. Like, he's a good dude. I get it. Like. Mike Vrabel is, is not really worried about what you think of him. Like, Mike Vrabel's not out there winning press conferences. Mike Vrabel, like, it, it might it might not be so hunky-dory in the office every day, but guess what? You haven't won in 30 years. It's not supposed to be comfortable. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's it, like you can't tell me that, my, that Dan Quinn is a better football coach than Mike Vrabel right now. I, I'm not buying that. Period. How badly did Jerry Jones want to make that move? I mean, it's the worst kept secret in the history of the world. And even he couldn't justify doing it. Your arch rival <laughs> paying that guy a lot of money to coach his defense, right? He couldn't bring himself to make this guy his head coach, but you could. Yeah. Like, and if they're expendable, like if we're looking at this saying those dudes aren't going to be there in two years, then let's have the conversation about Bill Belichick. He'll at least start turning your building around. Like, now I get it. You hired the GM first. That GM is going to want nothing. A first-time GM is going to want nothing to do with Bill Belichick in his building. But if we're just talking about winning, like if we're just talking about putting in a foundation, right, and really turning the corner from just the, the toxic shit sludge pile of just moon shit that you've been in forever with that former owner, like, who better to come in with a blowtorch, right? Than 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 Belichick or Rabel or something like that. Like, but it was. But again, they did it their way, and I'm not saying the process was wrong. You want to hire the GM first. I get it. But once you hire the GM first, and and he's a first time GM, he's not. He's not hiring a Harbaugh or a Belichick or a Rabel. Like he's he's not. And when the guy he thinks he's had all along leaves him at the altar. You know, that's how you end up with, with something as pedestrian as this. 
Did you hear the uh, or see the rumor about one general manager? Of course, he didn't put his name on it. That he said Vrabel's size may have hampered him from getting a job. It's the most bullshit thing I've ever he heard. Played, who 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 doesn't know what Mike Vrabel looks like? He was the one defensive player in the league catching touchdowns every week. Yeah, like I, these people are in the football business, aren't they? Like. Well, Yes, he had a lengthy career as part of a dynasty, and he used to—he was the linebacker who caught touchdown passes. How do you not know of what size he is? He was in the media guide for thirty freaking years, going back to college. Yeah, I don't—I don't buy this. I don't give it. It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Like his intimidating size was a factor as to him not getting a job. No, it gets back to what you just said, Jason. These guys were afraid of Vrabel coming in, just like Belichick, and saying, this is my shop. This is how we run it. Or even, this is how shitty you are. This is how behind, like, this is, like, can you handle the truth? If we're, if you're bringing me in here and you're asking me questions and you want the truth, I'm going to give you the truth. Now, yeah. if yeah. you're bringing me in here, but the answer to the question is, Will Levis is awesome. He's definitely our franchise quarterback. You know, if the answer is, Oh yes, I'll take the job under any circumstances, and like I'm just happy to be here. You know what I mean? Like, okay, well that's how you end up, and and you know with certain outcomes. But like, yeah, but we're acting like we're acting like this guy was Andre the Giant walking into these meetings. Ridiculous. You know what I mean? Like, it's all of a sudden, the door opens up, and and you know all the owners and the general managers and the the presidents and the front office folks are like, oh my god, he's too big. This is the who, stupidest thing I've ever heard. He, he, who hasn't he coached in the league? How long? Enough to face every team, right? Every yeah. owner, every coach. You're down on the field for warm ups. You know what I mean? You're shaking. Right. You know, like he's been coaching in a bubble somewhere. You know what I mean? Like he's not the great kazoo, and you don't really know what he looks like till he gets out of the bubble and comes down there. Oh, he's wow, the great kazoo is really small. He looked bigger when he was up there in the bubble. The man has been in the league as a player or coach his entire adult life. Like, if, if, if why, why are we talking about how, how tall? Like, what is this? Stop. What is this? That's exactly right. Let's just say what it is. You guys were afraid to hire Vrabel because of the real facts that we're talking about. That's it. it has nothing to do with his size or his stature. It is in the huddle, guys. Uh, while we're talking about hiring coaches, let's talk real quick about, uh, and it is Super Bowl week. We know we're going to get into the Super Bowl, the game, the, all the things, guys, as we move through the week. And we'll talk about the gambling aspect as well. Nick Costos is going to join us from You Better You Bet later in the week. Um, defensive coaches, Jason hired this cycle. More defensive coaches hired in this cycle. Yeah. What What's that say about the league right now, man? Well, look, I think first of all, um, and I wrote about this middle of the season at the Washington Post because I, I thought it would be close to 50-50 this year when you really started diving in on the candidates or the lack of candidates and what their backgrounds were and their profiles. I really thought it would be the, the year of the defensive coordinator. Um, you, you can't keep chasing a certain archetype, right, a certain sort of profile and – if everybody wants McVeigh or Shanahan, then they're all hot. Like, and that's been going on for four years now. Then you're, you're churning through a certain type of guy. Most of them aren't the real deal. Most of them will never even be good NFL coaches, let alone innovators like those two were. But as you start churning through them and you start finding out how much fool's gold there is, 
you're weeding out the pile in one sort of trough, right? Of one, one, you know, the the young guy who at some point worked for one of those two, who's been around quarterbacks, maybe played quarterback in college or high school. Like you start, you start going through them. You know, like I think of a guy like Josh McCown, who I mean, people were trying to hire for years. He just stopped playing a few years ago. Carolina, right, brings him in, and he's fired in the middle of the year. And I, I haven't heard. Has Josh McCown gotten a job? I haven't heard anything about Josh. Nope. McCown. You know nope. what I mean? Like, yep. that's what's happening. Like, I, you know, like a guy like Kafka, who two years ago I would have told you he'd be a head coach by now. You know, things get a little sideways in a couple places with him. And, like, it's like, well, should he have just stayed with Andy Reid? You know, so when you when those guys are moving so fast and they're getting the spots like below head coach faster than you thought, and then you know they're starting to get weeded through, it's like, well, where 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 are the candidates coming from? Um, so it stood to reason that, especially if you looked at who was going to get fired too, you know, and I thought very early in the year that it was, if you really knew the relationships in that building and how bad they were, you weren't surprised in the least that Mike Vrabel was fine, was left, whether he parted ways, whatever. Like, I thought that was going to happen in November. So you start looking, okay, well, he'll be out there. Belichick will be out there. Um, you know, McDonald is probably going to get one. Um, you know, honestly, I, I thought between Leslie Frazier, um, guys who'd done it before, Leslie Frazier, Raheem Morris, um, uh, Steve Wilkes, Brian Flores. Yeah. I thought two of them would get jobs. Now, I also thought there might be more openings, right? Because I, I thought Dallas was going to open. Once once Philly fell apart, I thought Philly would open. You know, only one of those guys got head coaching jobs. I thought maybe, you know, maybe two would. Um, so what does it say? I, I, I'm not – I don't know, Carl. I'm certainly not going to sit here and, and start saying, you know, attaboy, billionaires, like you've seen the light. Because <laughs> I, I think it was more about market factors. You know, I think it was more about their their own lust for a certain look had really led them to thin out the herd on that side. So you had no choice but to really look at this side. Um, I know there are still some really good men in, in this game, some really good coaches who feel like they may have been sort of used a little bit. Um, and I think that's going to always be a part of this process, right? Yep. yep. You know, but here's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping that Robert Kraft gives Gerard Mayo a real shot there. Like, I'm hoping that Mark Davis gives Antonio Pierce a real shot there. You know, and what I mean is years, plural. Like, because the Houston Texans were doing something for a while where – if you look at the Houston Texans, you'd be like, well, there seems to be some sort of a commitment to, to um, considering all types of coaches. But then we're, D'Amico Ryan's finally got empowered. You know right. what I mean? That took Lovey Smith and David Culley just being there along for the ride. Like, So let's see the commitment. You know what I mean? Like, I'm glad that obviously we're seeing more former players getting opportunities, getting them quicker and getting them on both sides of the ball. But 
I hope they're given a real chance. You know, I, I hope that the owners um, aren't getting squirmy in the middle of next season. Um, but it's certainly a positive development. Uh, I hope it portends change. But I also think it was – you could see it coming if you were really paying attention. And I think it was more just because, again, they were hiring people like Jeff Saturday. You know what I mean? Like there was so much – like, come on, there had to be – the pendulum had to swing back a little bit. There was so much just baloney going on with 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 the way they were hiring coaches and the way they were so desperate for a certain thing to work. Um, so we'll see. Uh, as the league continues to make everything about offense, the the, the the few individuals who have shown you that they 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 do have a formula and a way and a means of um, shutting down or, or limiting the best offenses in the league, you should want to hire those guys. Like you should always want to hire those guys. Hopefully that's the case. Uh, real quick, you know, other hires around the league. Um, Denard Wilson mm -hmm. becomes the Titans DC. I know he was a favorable candidate to get the job there in Baltimore. He takes yep. him with the Titans. Uh, we talked about Anthony Weaver. I mean, you talk about this Baltimore staff just being blocked. Yeah. Weaver takes the D.C. job in Miami, which I think is a good hire for Mike McDaniel. I really do. Yep. Um, and then you mentioned Leslie Frazier. I mean, Mike McDonald, that's a hell of a hire to know I'm going to be a first-time coach. I'm 36 years old. I got to bring in an old head and a guy that knows the game and I can rely on. Frazier, I yeah, I do too, goes to Seattle. So some of these hires – Guys, we won't talk about these guys, but if these teams and these coaches ultimately have success, it's going to be because of some of the stuff we're talking about with these hires that they've made uh, on the on the defensive side and certainly guys that they can lean on. Yeah, look, I, I think Denard Wilson is absolutely a future head coach in this league. Um, he made a, a, an immediate uh, impact on the Ravens secondary and had a lot to do with a lot of individuals there from a guy like Kyle Hamilton, 14th overall, to a guy like Geno Stone who's been on the waiver wire a couple times. Like he, he he turned individuals around and had a lot to do with Mike McDonald turning that secondary around. Um, I think McDonald has a chance to be what people were trying to tell you that Brandon Staley was, you know, the yep. McVay of defense. I, I think Mike McDonald has a real shot to do that. And we'll find out pretty quickly, right, because he's got to face McVay twice a year and he's got to face Shanahan twice a year. In Seattle. So, um, and I, I think he'll be just fine. Uh, and yeah, Anthony Weaver is somebody else who continues to, to get some head coaching opportunities. And I think, um, look, they, they they clearly wanted to go in an opposite direction from Vic Fangio. From a profile standpoint, from a relates to players standpoint, from a age standpoint, like Fangio wasn't there that long, but he was there long enough to wear everybody out. Apparently in the <laughs> so Anthony Weaver is going to have a very different approach. He's not that far removed from his playing days himself, even though he's been coaching a long time. Uh, I think he just relates to players in a different way, has a different means of getting his message across. Um, and if they can, you know, get a little healthy on that side of the ball, uh, that, that defense was, was really kicking some ass until about week 16, week 17. You know, really the Baltimore game when the injuries just what was left of that defense just started literally, you know, going straight to IR. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, then the Ravens right now, I love the promotion to Zach Orr. 
Um, guy who's not that again, we're seeing this trend. He his career got ended early because of issues with his neck and his spine. You know, he was a third year guy about to sign a huge extension with the Ravens, and you know, they're doing a physical and they find um, a situation that ultimately led to the end of his playing career, but got right into coaching. Um, and they have a pipeline here. They 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 promote from within. They always have next man up on the defensive side of the staff. They got some holes to fill, but I, I, it would not surprise me at all if Zach Moore is the next great defensive coordinator of the Ravens. And in a couple of years, we're talking about him being a head coach somewhere else. John Harbaugh has continued a tremendous legacy in that organization, especially on that side of the ball. You know, going all the way back to the you know Marvin Lewis and. I mean, you just and, and Mike Nolan and Chuck Pagano and Rex Ryan and, yeah. and Jack Del Rio, like they, you know, they they've had it they've had it going. Um, you know, Wink Martindale at one point looked like he was going to be the head coach of the Giants a few years ago. You know, that didn't happen. But um, so, would, they bring, yeah. would they bring him back? Would they bring Wink? I mean, I, I I really, you know, Harbs has a little bit of relationship with Leslie Frazier as well. And on my radio show here, I was like, they should get Leslie Frazier. Like, they should yeah. do that. Like, yeah. I was saying it middle of last week. And then a day later, you know, Seattle goes and does it. Um, I don't know about Wink. Like, that's such a big personality. And, and he knows these players. You know, he's not really – I really wouldn't be coming from the outside. Like, he still knows a, a number of these guys. Like, or at least enough of them. I think that would probably be too soon. You know – like Wade Phillips is like, I don't know if he'd be the right guy. Like he he's done that in the past. I don't know how much he would be a fit for this defense. Um having somebody in that building who's done it before, I, I think could could help Zach Orr and help that defensive staff. Um so we'll see. Uh but I I, I think Leslie would have been would have been perfect. Um, and frankly, Leslie Frazier sh- should be an NFL head coach. Like Marvin Lewis would have been perfect. You know, mm-hmm. Marvin already, he's doing it with Antonio Pierce, right? Like Marvin already is, is he's, he's got the relationship with the Raiders, but like he would have been another guy who, who I think would have made a whole heck of a lot of sense. Um, but yeah, you don't, you don't want these young guns to think they have it all figured out. Because, uh, <laughs> they, you know, they don't. They don't. Before we go, Jason, your initial thoughts, Super Bowl, which way are you leaning here? Uh, we're going to dive into this later this week. Make sure you subscribe, tell your friends so you don't miss an episode. We're going to break down the Super Bowl seven ways a Sunday. You leaning 49ers? You leaning Dude. Chiefs? No, I like the Chiefs. And, and the line movement here has been a little baffling to me. And I don't know, maybe I'm just capping the game off. But we're now back to you can get the two and a half in a lot of shops and that's where this thing originally opened you know it was a two and a half bam immediately like that within an hour after the championship games ending this was at two and a half it quickly got down to one and a half even one in some spots i jumped on chiefs money line then because i was actually worried that a lot of money is going to come in on the chiefs and this is going to end up by kickoff being kc minus one or a pick them and i was wrong because then steam started going the other way, and then it's now back at two, and now it's all the way back. It's it, it's come full circle. Um, I don't know that Kansas City catching three. I, I can't imagine shops offering that. Like I, I just that, that I don't see that happening. So I would jump on that two and a half, and I, I would still play the Chiefs on the money line now, where you're going to get even more value than at some of the times I've played them. 
because the number's growing. You like I mean, this? Look, you like this over under number? I've not. I don't love it. it, and that hasn't moved. Me neither. I think I think it's 27-23 Kansas City, but like I don't love it. I do. I have played Kansas City team total over twenty three and a half. I do think they get to twenty four. I'm not sure about, you know, San Francisco. Like this could end up being twenty four twenty one. This could end up being twenty four twenty. So I don't. I don't love the over, um, or the like. I don't love the total again, other than I like Chiefs team total. But like to me, it's pretty simple here. Chiefs have the better head coach. Chiefs have the better defensive coordinator. Chiefs have the better defense. Chiefs have the better special teams. They have the better kicker. They have the greatest quarterback in NFL hit. Like, that ain't even a fair fight, like quarterbacks. Um, I think health to me is, you know, even if Joe Tooney doesn't play, I think health is pretty much a wash. And then the Chiefs are way more familiar with that building. They're way more familiar with being in Super Bowls, period, than those guys. They're more familiar with all the weirdness. Uh, the longer half times, all that stuff. And they've, they've had nothing but success in that building. Like, since that thing was built, they're 4-0 there. Mahomes indoors is off great. the charts. It's great. The yep. kicker, Butker, the last four years since that building opened, the only place he's made more kicks in than Allegiant Stadium is his home stadium of Arrowhead. Like, he's 22 for 23 there. Like, he's comfortable there. Like, I, I, I just... And you're going to give me almost a field goal? It's hard. Yeah. I mean, sometimes we overthink this. And this is what we will do this Thursday uh, as we get into this and lay it out there for you guys. Because obviously, schematically, you know, Shanahan is going to try to exploit some things that the Chiefs give up. But fundamentally, right now, where we're at, I agree with you 200%. That is why I'm leaning Chiefs right now. We're going to tell you exactly who's going to win the game. And why on Thursday, guys, make sure you're here. It's in the huddle. Uh, Baldy will join us. We'll talk to our buddy Nick Costos as well from a gambling standpoint. And uh, we'll see if this number moves, Jason. It'll be interesting. Hey, guys, take care. Get ready for Super Bowl Sunday. And we'll talk to you later this week. 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company. 